0: This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, the explosion of direct-to-consumer genetic testing.
1: These tests can tell you some things that are somewhat interesting, but most of the companies overstate the reality about what the tests can really tell you.
0: Discovering your genetic makeup when Radio Health Journal returns.
2: Your new team driver may have a license, but they still need you to stay involved. Hi, I'm Debbie Herzman, President of the National Safety Council, and this is your Safety Minute. Even with a new license in hand, teens lack crucial driving experience. In fact, drivers 16 to 19 are three times more likely to be in a crash than drivers over 20. Ride with your teen for at least 30 minutes a week, even after they have their license. Set defined rules. Don't be afraid to be tougher than your state's laws. You're the best judge of your teen's driving ability. And ask the right questions. Are you driving friends? Will you be a passenger in another teen's car? Know that a single young passenger can increase a teen's crash risk by 44%. Visit driveathome.org for free parent resources to get started.
3: Safety Minute is brought to you by the National Safety Council and Toyota.
0: Genealogy is a great pastime for many people, and in recent years, websites devoted to genealogy have become extremely popular. So has one particular feature that many of these websites offer, the opportunity to get a DNA profile of your ancestral heritage just by spitting into a cup. But what exactly can these direct-to-consumer genetic tests tell you?
1: The truth is we're all a bit of a mishmash. So these tests can tell you some things that are somewhat interesting, but most of the companies overstate the reality about what the tests can really tell you.
0: That's David Balding, professor of statistical genetics at the University of Melbourne in Australia and at University College in London.
1: All these tests do is they've got some database of people who say where they come from And then when a new customer comes along, they check any kind of partial matches of bits of the DNA that match up with somebody. And then they say, "Okay, if that person said they were Hungarian and you have a near match with them, then they say, Okay, you've got some ancestor who is Hungarian. Well, maybe uh, that's a reasonable guess, but it's not very accurate. It depends on a lot of things, who they happen to have in their database and whether they accurately describe where they come from. And also, you know, national boundaries don't necessarily reflect the real differences between groups.
0: That's not really saying much, given how much information is in our genome, if we knew how to get it.
1: DNA is a very, very long sequence of chemical bases, and it's about 3 billion letters long. If you think about each of them as being like a letter A, C, G, or T, there's about 3 billion of those. Most of them were all the same, so it's not really... Being able to actually read all the letters in the genome is now possible, but it's still quite expensive, and so they won't be doing that. Instead of reading all three billion, they just pick out certain places in the genome where there tends to be differences between individuals and so the most informative sites. And it's really just a question of, you know, how much money you want to pay and the latest because the technology keeps changing all the time with new genotyping chips come out. The first generation had about 300,000 markers. They're up towards a million now as being typical. That's still only a small fraction of the whole genome, but it's still a lot of information.
0: Balding says you can think of the human genome as being similar to the human skeleton. Barring any deformity, all of us have the same number of bones, and the kneecap, for example, is in the same location, person to person. The bones themselves, though, the exact size and shape of them, differ. The genome is similar. The genes, or markers for ethnicity, for example, are found in the same area in every genome. But ancestry isn't the only area where consumer interest in genetic testing has skyrocketed. Dr. Wayne Grody is a professor at the UCLA School of Medicine in the Department of Pediatrics and Clinical Laboratory. He points to the growing popularity of what are called expanded carrier screening tests.
4: This is for couples who are usually pregnant or sometimes planning a pregnancy to see if one or both of them carry a mutation in a gene that would present a risk of having a baby affected with that disorder.
0: Grody says today it's standard practice for couples to be screened for a handful of disorders within certain ethnic and racial groups, such as cystic fibrosis, sickle cell anemia, and Tay Sachs disease. However, the expanded carrier screen tests for up to 110 possible disorders. Grody takes issue with these tests because we all carry three or 400 gene variants that could possibly cause a disorder. It's just that they rarely do.
4: A cynical person would say, well, it's just marketing to a naive patient or provider 100 diseases for the same price or less as doing 10 diseases. Wow, that sounds like a good deal. But if you dig down a little deeper, you may find that many of the things tested for are incredibly rare, so it's hardly worth doing it on everybody. Or if you do find it, it may be a mild disorder that most couples would not consider terminating a pregnancy for. And some are even not symptomatic at all in the majority of patients.
0: Still, some people might say being forewarned is being forearmed.
4: Some people make the case that, oh, we have no intention of terminating. We just want to know, so we'll be prepared. There are some disorders where that would be useful information, where you really need to begin treatment on day one of life. Most of the disorders in their panel are not like that, or if they are, they are disorders that are already screened in the newborn screening programs that are in all 50 states, so they would be diagnosed on day one anyway. I'm not hugely persuaded by the reason to do it, simply to know ahead of time.
0: Plus, Grody says there's also a downside to knowing. He fears that knowledge of unpredictable outcomes will cause parents undue anxiety.
4: I've also seen instances where there have been DNA changes like these novel variants that I can't really predict what they would do in the baby. So parents agonize over those. In most cases, they've chosen not to act on it, which I think is the proper thing to do. But then they're worried for the rest of the pregnancy and even when the child is born, they're kind of on edge, waiting for some symptom to appear, which may never appear.
0: There's also growing consumer demand for genetic tests to inform your own medical care. Medical geneticist Dr. Stephen Monroe Lipkin is a professor at the Weill Cornell College of Medicine in New York and author of The Age of Genomes. He calls consumers of those tests the worried well and includes himself in that category.
5: The fact that more people are interested and recognize that genetics has a lot of potential information to offer for people to be able, one, to work on disease prevention and to keep them sort of healthier longer, two, is for people are you know, understanding that thinking, hey, my family uh, history on my mom's side... You know, we have some interesting medical issues that come up.
0: Lipkin is concerned that there's no federal regulation of these tests, so genetic testing labs don't have to meet specific quality control measures other than the Basic Clinical Laboratory Improvement Amendments, or CLIA, established in 1988.
5: So this has enabled a bunch of companies to come up that present genetic tests that may not have a whole lot of evidence really backing them up. Unfortunately, I think some companies have kind of tried to sneak in there a little bit to be able to provide really not ready for prime time tests. For example, you can think about, you know, if you want to know, you know, what is my chance of having a heart attack, you want to get a number that's based on really firm data and not one that's based on, you know, relatively few inputs to a model that may not have been adequately tested. One of the things I think has to happen is for the FDA to step in and to take on more of a role, actually, in regulating genetic tests to consumers as well as medical testing.
0: Lipkin says the FDA has proposed greater regulation in the genetic testing industry.
5: There's been a bit of a pushback, actually, from some lobbying organizations, including organizations of laboratories, actually. So at the moment, it's sort of unclear, really, how the quality control will work out in the near future.
0: Case in point? Lipkin spent $2,500 to get his complete genome mapped, but the results were incorrect.
5: They were kind of data that hadn't been adequately analyzed and told me that I actually had a rare disease called Coffin-Serris syndrome, which I knew I didn't have because I didn't have any of the symptoms, and I have two healthy daughters, and neither of them had any of the symptoms. So that actually made me go back and want to have it redone to spend more money, to have it done in a more comprehensive and quality-intensive way.
0: So Lipkin had his genome sequenced a second time by a different lab, this time at a cost of
5: $5,000. For people who are interested in genetic testing, for having a very strong personal or family medical history, the first step really is to talk to their physician or to get referred to a genetic counselor who are health professionals who in fact are experts in knowing which are the best genetic tests to perform for different diseases. And they can help you to navigate through the long list of potential companies.
6: There are many reasons why some consumers would prefer to order the test directly. They may want to know information without including their healthcare professional in that test. They may feel that they have an adequate understanding of the test itself and therefore feel that it's within their right to order a medical test. They may want to keep the information private to themselves or they may want to know particular family information from ordering a test. So there are many reasons why one might consider ordering a test without a professional.
0: That's Dr. Gerald Feldman, professor of pediatrics, pathology and molecular genetics in medicine at the Wayne State University School of Medicine and president of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. He says that while privacy is one reason for people to order testing without their doctor, there's one other way you need to look at that issue. Your doctor may not know, but what does the testing company do with your genetic information once they have it?
6: A patient truly needs to understand what information they're going to be getting and they need to know exactly what privacy concerns are being addressed in this particular test that they might have. So first they need to be informed beforehand of who's going to have access to these test results. What processes are in place to protect these results? What happens to the DNA sample once the test has been completed? Will it be sold to third parties? So all of that kind of information, I think, is very important for the consumer to think about and make sure that they understand the answers to those questions before they provide a sample for such testing.
0: For example, Feldman says many companies are interested in tracking genetic changes in the general population. By acquiring genetic test results from a large demographic, pharmaceutical companies can get a head start developing new drugs to treat certain genetic changes or diseases. So how easy is it for someone to order a genetic test?
6: Various companies offer different types of direct-to-consumer testing with different levels of healthcare involvement. Some allow one to begin the testing process online but require physician approval before sending in the actual test. Others will accept a sample directly from the patient, and that has evolved over time. Some companies that used to do that don't offer that anymore. And then some offer the opportunity for one to speak with a board-certified geneticist or genetic counselor, but don't necessarily require that.
0: Whether you rub your hands with glee at finding out your ancestry or wring your hands with worry, one thing is certain. The genetic testing industry will only continue to grow. Already, the global market is growing at an annual rate of nearly 10%, and experts expect the DNA test market to be worth more than $10 billion by 2022. You can learn more about all of our guests and about Lipkin's book, The Age of the Genome, by visiting our website at RadioHealthJournal.net. Our writer-producer this week is Polly Hansen. I'm Reed Pence.
4: Radio Health Journal returns with medical notes in just a moment.
2: October is Liver Health Awareness Month, and you may not know that 1 in 10 people in the United States is living with a liver condition, such as hepatitis, cirrhosis, or fatty liver disease. These patients face unique, serious dietary issues, making nutrition the most important factor for their liver health. Now there's the m bar, the first nutrition bar developed to support a healthy liver diet, according to Dr. Tarek Hassanine, Medical Director at Southern California Liver Centers.
4: Liver patients have special nutritional needs. Finding simple options with the necessary vitamins and minerals is not easy. But now they have a simple way to get the nutrients they need to support liver health. The m bar includes 16 vitamins and minerals research has shown support liver health. It's vital nutrition in a simple, convenient bar.
2: To support your liver health, visit amsetty.com to learn more about the Amsetty bar to take control of your health. That's A M S E T Y.com.
3: Medical notes this week A lot of men may breathe easier over a new study on men who have had vasectomies. A few years ago, a small study linked vasectomies to a higher risk of prostate cancer. But now this much larger study in the Journal of Clinical Oncology says not to worry. It finds no greater risk at all. The new study looked at more than eight times as many prostate cancer cases as the previous study. Researchers say vasectomy is an effective and inexpensive long-term birth control method. Children are sometimes prescribed pain medications and cough syrups with codeine, but the American Academy of Pediatrics says that should stop. Codeine is an opioid drug that can slow breathing to the danger point and children metabolize it differently than adults. More than 800,000 kids under 11 were prescribed codeine medications in a recent four-year period, according to a report in the journal Pediatrics, and over-the-counter drugs containing codeine are available in 28 states. The AAP says children would be better off taking ibuprofen instead. And finally, fidgeting feet may keep your legs healthy. A study in the American Journal of Physiology, Heart and Circulatory Physiology, shows that if you're sitting for a long time, fidgeting your legs and feet markedly increases blood flow. In fact, it could be enough to increase your vascular health. But doctors say even if you fidget, you should still get up and walk every now and then. And that's Medical Notes this week. More in a moment. Everyone who exercises has their own motivation and goals. And Alabama resident Gay Rogers is no different. Gay's determination restored her ability to walk again after both a disease and infection threatened her life. Her fitness training gave her the strength and stability to walk and even use the elliptical with her prosthetic legs. An inspiration to millions, Gay was voted the winner of the 2016 Silver Sneakers Richard L. Swanson Inspiration Award. No matter what your motivation to exercise is, Silver Sneakers offers these tips.
4: Find a workout partner to force you out of your comfort zone and keep you accountable. Create a new playlist of your favorite music. Try new things like a dance class, biking, or swimming to keep your workout fresh. And set a goal to keep you on track through any bumps in the road. Silver Sneakers has supported millions of individuals across the nation to do all of that and more.
3: Silver Sneakers Fitness has a variety of offerings both in and out of the gym, from weights and yoga to hiking and dance, to help older Americans maximize their health and maintain their lifestyle. Find out more at silversneakers.com.